The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Are you a CEO or ready to become one? Have we got an hour for you. Welcome to CEO Academy with Pam Lassiter. We're ready to set you up for success. Your reputation with shareholders and clients is important, but standing apart from your competitors is also essential to your success. We'll help you do both. Now, here is your host, Pam Lassiter. We're so glad you could join us today. Welcome to the CEO Academy with Pam Lassiter. I'm your host, Pam Lassiter, and you can email me at info at ceoacademywithpam.com and connect with me on Facebook at Lassiter Consulting or Twitter or LinkedIn. This show is your go-to place for honing the right skills to become a CEO, then to stay there as a strategic competitive leader. Our guest today, Rick Burns, has spent most of his career as CEO as well as co-founder at Charles River Ventures, one of the country's major venture firms. And he hasn't quit. He's still going. He can still con- he's continuing as partner emeritus as advisor. And it's well on. How many boards are you on now, Rick? (laughs) Too many. (laughs) I was counting 14. Uh, Is that right? It's about 14 boards? Well, uh, there's a number of of nonprofit boards and of three different commercial boards at the present time, for-profit. That is what I hope to get into mm-hmm. later on is nonprofits can take up at least as much as for profits too. So that's Rick and I were laughing the other day how there's a danger in running your day to day life along with your retirement life at the same time. <laughs> and I think that's what we're both in the midst of too. But make sure you can find his company at CRV.com for Charles River Ventures. Thank you for joining us, Rick. We are in the presence of a master here, so we're lucky to uh, get Rick between some other appointments. Today we're going to talk about 10 things CEOs need to know, and there is no one who is wiser in this area than Rick Burns. Rick, how many CEOs, don't be, Rick is really (laughs) modest, you'll see this, how many CEOs have you mentored over the years, approximately? Probably about 75. 75. I was guessing. Something like that. (laughs) Uh, Charles River Ventures has um, invested in about 530 different startups um, since uh, we were founded in 1970. And um, I'm sure I've been involved in, in 40 or 50 of those. And then I've been involved in another 20 to 30 different different uh, nonprofits over the years. Because you it's a little mentor- exaggeration. No, you've mentored, <laughs> C- I bet it's modest again, you've mentored CEOs and uh, nonprofits as well. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And you're still doing it, so the number is still growing. That is correct. So that's uh, good. You can't quit. <laughs> and some of the companies you that, were, that came through Charles River Ventures have ended up being large stalwarts in America. That is true. Thank you. That's true. You have contributed the training of entrepreneurship in all of us. So we needed to continue too. 
Jin Lang's CEO should know. I saw Rick the other day and I was going, this guy's going to know it all. What CEO should be doing, what we may not be doing, what we need to think about, what we need to practice over time and continue refreshing ourselves too. So we're going to talk about some of Rick's ideas about what CEOs should be doing. And who knows, you may end up with more than 10 if we're lucky. So let's see where we go. Rick, if we don't have to do these in order. We can go back into summary at the end and order them in priority. But when you think of what CEOs need to know, what jumps into your brain first? Customers. Customers? <laughs> customers? We have to think about customers too. <laughs> okay, say more. Well, that, that all business starts with a customer saying, yes, I will buy from you. Yeah. And I think that, that um, too many entrepreneurs, particularly the technical kind of technical entrepreneurs I've dealt with a lot, okay. tend, to, tend to come to conclusions about what the customers want mm -hmm. before, they, um, before they have spent enough time really understanding the customer's problem. Okay. And that, that, that if you understand the customer's problem, you have a much greater um, um, opportunity to design a product correctly and then to sell it in a broad market. So when someone comes to you for funding, they typically already have the solution, but they're not clear on the need or the problem. Huh? It's in that stage. Yeah. When, the, when someone comes to us with, a, with an idea, um, in many cases it's technically driven. They say, I can solve this problem, mm -hmm. but they don't really understand the problem. And they haven't gone out and done enough market research or really understanding um, what's going to cause the buyer to buy. So do you send people back after they've made their pitch to you for investing saying, nice concept, but? Uh, probably 94, 5, 6, 7 percent of the time. And it's back to, do, yes. back to the market. Back to the market. Ooh, listen up. That's a good yeah. thing to do with any yeah. product introduction, yeah. regardless yeah. of the size of your company. Yeah. That's something that you start with the market. And there's actually a corollary to that whole thought, which is an awful lot of the companies that, that, that we back and that, that are backed by the venture community start off on one track and then when they get down the road a bit, understand the market better than they did in the beginning and they, they change their course a bit. Interesting. And come up with different features or a slightly different product and sometimes a very different product that they know that the customer really wants. Is that because they were listening? It's because they were listening, that's exactly right. And that's because they were working with you and you were telling them to listen, right? <laughs> now that's, uh, I was talking to Vanu Bose in our first session and one of the points was not to be fearful of changing strategy. Yeah. So that's just what you're seeing them do, is they're changing their products. No, that's exactly right. And that again, if you have real knowledge of customers and you have great relationships with customers, they will let you know what they need. Mm -hmm. And But that doesn't happen unless you establish really a deep yeah. personal relationships with them. Yeah, that doesn't come easily. And it's not like they're walking up to you saying, yes, I'll buy, unless they're your parents or your spouse or whatever. Yeah. You've got to earn that. Earn the respect. That's yeah. exactly right. So that's, that's exactly a long right. journey, isn't it? Yeah. Okay, so getting out and talking to customers, maybe before they're customers. Absolutely. Talking to markets. Yes. 
and not. In fact, some of the very best entrepreneurs were customers first. <laughs> customers. Of... Think of them of their own product. I mean, oh, well, by, so that they they started out needing the product, and then they said, "Well, I'll go out. I will, I will provide that something. product for the market." Yeah that for my friends in yeah. my market. Oh, there you go, because I see what the needs are now. Yeah. So Steve Jobs is the only one that can get away with saying, I'm not going to ask people what they want. They don't know what they want. <laughs> yeah, Apple is a very different. Yeah, it's a different It's a animal. very different animal, but I, I, he clearly had an uh, incredible vision. vision. But we don't know. count on that yeah. with most of the rest yeah. of us yeah. mere mortals. Okay, great. So number one. Things CEO should know, talking to customers. What comes next? Um, you know, one of the issues that I um, that I, I think about a lot for for starting companies is people really understanding their business models and understanding the dynamics of the business model. And by that I mean the 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 value proposition for the customer and for the company, and how that all fits together, uh, how much capital it's going to take to, to, to make it all work, and um, whether there's enough margin there to, to make it a real uh, an attractive business. And uh, I think that that uh, this is not this does not say in any way that that an entrepreneur has to be an accountant. Mm -hmm. It's it's more a question of understanding the. The, uh, the 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 nooks and crannies of the financial model, so that you know that can be profitable. Which is true when you're starting a company. This still holds when you're mid-size company Absolutely. and continually. Because huh? as you you can sit down in the beginning of starting a company and have a um, and have a, a what you think is a fixed business model, and as you get into the marketplace, you'll find that it, things are shifting. The ground is shifting, mm -hmm. so that if you if you're not aware of the shifts, you can really get blindsided. Okay. And so that being able to, to adjust your strategy as you go along is all part of really having a, a deep understanding of a business model. And a dynamic sense, because it may not just be the customer, it could be the economy, it could be the product, it could be any part. Cost of raw materials. I mean, there, um, there are all sorts supply of Supply chain. Exactly. There are all sorts of things that could influence it. A tsunami on the other side yeah, of the world. Yeah, exactly. Okay. But 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 really understanding the business model and why it's profitable and how it can continue to be profitable is hugely important. Why is that so challenging? You don't see that consistently. Well, because I think it takes a a, a broad sort of thinking. Hmm. Um, most entrepreneurs think about a, a very short-term, um, uh, limited. Uh, they're not thinking broadly enough about their business model. Okay, and who the competition is. Exactly, and, and what could happen. Yeah, and who the market is, possibly, exactly. from what you're saying. That's exactly yeah. right. And so, once again, that stays as you're growing your company, too. Mm -hmm. That awareness of what's, of 360, mm -hmm. of what's around you and the mm -hmm. impacts. Mm -hmm. I'm not sure I see a lot of people comfortable writing business plans. They'd rather just cut to the chase and bring it to market. That's true. That's true. But, you know, again, the reason why a, a plan is important, and believe me, we see a lot of plans. Well, the only thing we know about the plans we see is that they're all wrong. They're not going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> but 
it shows the quality of the thinking of the of the entrepreneurs. Mm -hmm. And in fact, if you have um, a business plan, it means that you've at least thought through where it could go. Okay. And then when it doesn't go there, you it, it recalibrates your thinking to as to as to why you were wrong. Why didn't you see that? Why didn't why didn't you understand it? And if you understand that, the next time it happens, you'll you'll be on target rather than. But off it'll target. be something else. It'll, it'll, it'll be something else. <laughs> There's yeah. always something. To, that is correct. Uh, but evaluations. I never know where some of those come from. But you're just looking at how people are thinking. That's exactly right. That's the process That's exactly and the right. business model. And. When you see a company mid-size that they're more into the product introductions and scaling, they run into the same business plan challenges, I would assume. Yes, they do, and it gets more complex. Yeah, because they're more moving parts. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. Across divisions and width. So stick at the entrepreneurial stage where it's nice and simple, right? (laughs) Well, as you know, out of the firms we financed, I think 90% of them or 85% of them have all been relatively young companies. I mean, less than a, a year old or less. Well, you make a point of looking for seed capital for people too. And yes, we do. So I commend you for that because that's a harder um, stage to come by too. What we're going to do is we're going to take a break in just a couple of minutes. And when we come back, I'm going to tease you. We're going to be talking about buses and nets in the next segment. Okay. So come on back and hear what buses and nets have to do with the top 10 things CEOs need to know. Talk to you in a minute. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. Lassiter Consulting works privately with senior-level professionals who want a trusted advisor to co-create paths to reach the career outcomes you seek. You can improve your work success in your current company, choose them for outplacement or career change, or explore retirement. Lassiter also works with corporations that are going through change. You may be discreetly transitioning a senior executive out of the company or growing yourself for increased productivity. Put Lassiter Consulting to work for you today. Visit LassiterConsulting.com. Pam Lassiter has written The New Job Security, which details the five best strategies for taking control of your career. It's a Wall Street Journal award winner. Take control of your career by learning how to use target markets and their challenges to your advantage. The book will dramatically change your resume, your communications, and your financial results. You can find the book on Amazon, including Kindle, or by visiting LassiterConsulting.com. That's LassiterConsulting.com. Get the news on our shows and other happenings by following us on Twitter. Find us at VoiceAmericaTRN or Twitter.com forward slash VoiceAmericaTRN. Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business. You are listening to CEO Academy with Pam Lassiter. To reach the show, send an email with questions or comments to info at ceoacademywithpam.com. That's info at ceoacademywithpam.com. Now, back to this week's program. Welcome back from our break. We're talking to Rick Burns of Charles River Ventures and of about 14 other organizational boards talking about 10 things CEOs need to know. 
You can find Charles River Ventures at crv.com. Rick, we started with the first couple of points about things CEOs need to know. What about the game plan? They've got in their own brain what ought to happen, hopefully emanating from the business plan. Now what? Yeah. Well, you ask a great question because the uh, the the plan residing in a CEO's brain doesn't get it out to the whole company. And one of the uh, one of the characteristics of great companies is when everybody in the company absolutely understands what the priorities are, what the culture is, what, what, what's going on this quarter, what's going to happen next quarter. And without that kind of, 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 of common thinking, mm-hmm. um, it, it just increases the risk tremendously. And I think this is a, a, it's a, uh, it's a characteristic that, that excellent companies, if you ask eight executives of, of a top-notch, well-run company, similar questions, they will all answer those questions the same way because they all, they all understand um, what is, um, what the company is doing. Does that normally happen? Um, It doesn't normally happen. (laughs) This is a test. That is correct. That's correct. Okay. So how do they get, how does a good CEO get this across? I think he talks to a lot of people. I think the best CEOs are CEOs that, that, that manage by walking around. Mm-hmm. That, that communicate a lot with all levels of employees and who um, who enjoy uh, p- passing on the word about a company and what, and what they're doing. And passing it on. And passing it on. <laughs> and, and repeating yeah. it. Yeah. And repeating the same, the same thing. And not presenting a complex story that, that's, that's um, uh, conflicting. Mm-hmm. And there are, there are a lot of CEOs who, who have gotten into trouble because they don't have a, a coherent strategy and it's hard to hard to to comment on and in the process of funding companies you can ask them that and you can get at that whether or not yes. they can communicate the plan yes. simply yes. and what i'm seeing is emotion matters yes so much too that we are connecting people that have never been connected to broadband before we're turning around the world that's that's true that's absolutely true. Getting to the emotion is exciting too, and it motivates people, mm-hmm. which brings us yep. to a point that we touched on briefly about hiring, motivating people, and then hiring the right ones. How did? How, where does that rank in the list? Is that one of your criteria? Well, it it yes, it is. It certainly is, and. Uh, I always judge if someone says, "What do you what? How do you judge a good good executive?" And I'd say I'd say right quickly that the most important thing he does is, or he or she does, is to to hire well. And the only way to do that is to 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 go back and talk to the people that the the executive worked with and learn about who he hired that's really done well. Oh, interesting. And that that. Um, that you know, all a CEO really has to do is hire good people, and then he or she can sit and that's back. That's exactly right. <laughs> yeah. But if if you know, when you see a CEO that's trying to do everything, that typically says they haven't hired well. Yeah. Oh, that. Then, it, what do we say? Uh, hire in haste, repent in leisure. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it's hard to. Uh, a, get rid of people gracefully, and B, it can yeah. damage the company in the meantime. 
You know, and I, just a, a couple other thoughts on that. I think that most people who are doing a bunch of hiring uh, don't go deep enough on, on references and they'll take cold references that are mm-hmm. that they're given. And you know, in our firm, we just simply don't don't listen to that. Good. And that what you have to do is to you have to know the person you're talking with better than the 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 the, the person you're doing the reference on does. So they'll trust you. So they'll trust us, yes. not the not the person. That's, what is the true story on this yeah, person? I never ask people for references because I go yeah. find my own. Well, that's exactly. And right. I don't want to blow somebody's yeah. confidentiality, yeah. so yeah. I wouldn't go to their current yeah. boss, for example. Give me a give me a resume, and if you get a resume. You, we can find out. We can find out about that person. <laughs> and it's even easier than it used to be, <laughs> so watch out. Too. That's exactly uh, right. Jim Collins, an author who wrote mm-hmm. Good to Great, said leaders of companies that go from good to great start not with where are we going, but who. They start by getting the right people on the bus, the wrong people off the bus, and the right people in the right seats, and they stick with it, no matter how dire the circumstances. Is that what you're saying? That certainly is is part of what I'm saying. Um, that makes it sound easy to do. <laughs> <laughs> that's probably what he was. That's his mission statement yeah. right here. <laughs> no, that's but but the 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 point he's making about getting the right person in the right slot is is really an important one because that we have found over the years that that. There are lots of people who aren't in the right position. They're not in the positions that they should be in and where they can really mm-hmm. thrive. Mm-hmm. And so it's important to think of everybody. Everybody has a slot that it's just a question of getting into the right spot. Yeah. And they have to enjoy what they're doing. If they enjoy what they're doing, they're probably going to be good at it. This is where I don't know if motivated's on your list because mm-hmm. most CEOs are typically already motivated, but mm-hmm. getting employees to be mm-hmm. motivated comes yep. from work you love, yep. where you can find meaning. Yep. Those are two of the most core characteristics, meaning and motivation. So that's uh, hiring wisely yep. is the point there for CEOs. Uh, once you get them on the bus, so to speak, that then comes a tough part for CEOs. They have good talent around them. They have to be able to let go. What do you find happening there? Well, uh, again, that's a, it's the, that's what I call the ego question. And um, too many CEOs think that 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 companies that co- their companies are successful because of them. Uh-huh. And in fact, that that building any entity, any company, is it's a team effort. It has to be a team effort. And you have to have, the only way teams work is when the team members are all contributing. Mm-hmm. And that means that the, the CEO has got to have his ego under control and not try and ride roughshaw over his or her people. And in fact, there's a lot to be said for letting letting an employee fail every now and then to learn something. Bravo! And yes. you can you can actually see a person ba- gain by not stepping in, by the CEO not stepping in or a boss not stepping in and taking over something. Mm-hmm. Let them let find a, let them fail. Yeah. And they'll learn. And no, that's hard to do. No, that's because a lot of CEOs are, are perfectionists and or- micromanagers. 
or I'll submit something even deeper, fearful. Well, that's right. I'm going to fail. Yeah. And so let me take care of this yep. issue for you. So that's a, it's a delicate balance. So when the, here's a CEO who's probably has a large ownership stake in the company and doesn't want any failure at all, mm. but yet you have to, you have to let go and trust people to make decisions. Yeah. And, um, it's a wonderful thing to see a CEO who really has figured out what really needs to be done and has hired people to do it all. And then the CEO can spend his time, um, what he really ought to be doing, thinking. Well, he can spend his time thinking or selling. Or relationships. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Corporate relationships, yeah. I I, I see this as a, it's CEOs that are are deep in the weeds Mm -hmm. are, um, Stay deep in the way. Yeah, that's right. They're typically not going to get out. Yeah, that they. I see them as the outward-facing part of the company, yeah. and that they—that's yeah. the best place to be. To so the delegation is what you were talking about. This is the safety net. I was mm-hmm. talking about buses and nets. Mm-hmm. That you do have a safety net around you if you have hired wisely. It's just trusting. That's right, and that is that's it is a question of trust. It's a and question it's of trusting mutual. people. Yeah, they need to trust to take risk. Yeah. That's where Google has done so well in letting people take risk and yeah. inspiring their creativity. Yeah. And that it's safe. You've, the relationship with your board comes in there, too. That you're, If your board sees that you're taking some risk and they're supportive of that, that's a good combination. That, it certainly is. But that comes back to the question of communication and what are we doing and where are we going Ooh, and, and I think that that it's important for every everybody in the organization both management and board understand when when risks are taken um, what the risks are and um, how you're how how the risks are being modified mm-hmm. and when when they don't when when they're when they lead to, to failure then there's learning takes place an explanation because of the failure because too. of the failure yeah that's that's a profound statement I bet a lot of these are going to keep cycling back you need the communication in order to build the trust that's that right let you that allows you to make failures too mm-hmm. I remember a CEO of an oil company when he was talking to a subordinate who had just drilled spent 10 million dollars on a dry hole that used to be a lot of money mm-hmm. <laughs> back then and the subordinate thought he was coming in to get fired, and the CEO said, no, we just invested in your professional development. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's a good way to look at it. That was a good investment, too. <laughs> and it, everything worked out fine from there. But being able to delegate and continuing the communication. Mm-hmm. You know, one story about communication that I, I, I like to tell is a portfolio company of ours that was in the uh, – it's in the communications business, and they had the, uh, the, uh, the 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 talk on the floor and the engineering floor was that the customers needed a bigger unit, mm-hmm. and they the, the the management team went out and talked to the customers and learned that yes, indeed, if we would make a bigger unit, a more powerful unit, that it would be, could be a very big seller. Yeah. And that switch that they built turned out to be the, the switch that, um, that dr- drove the early internet. Oh, really? Yeah. 
So more power was talking about DARPAnet or it something? Was the, the switch that I was talking about was originally sold to corp corporations for rooting data really? within, a corp within, yeah. a, within an office building, actually, initially. Yeah. And the telephone companies heard about this capability, and they said, well, you know, if you could build us one of those, we could use it for the Internet. So yeah, we built it, started. and the result was a multi-billion, multi, well, it was a multi-billion dollar sale, ultimately. Is this your company, one of yours? It was Cascade. Oh, it, <laughs> Cascade it is one of yours. So, whoa, yes. Yes, that's yes, a yes. great story. It is a good story. <laughs> whoa, so it's having that vision. But she, once again, management went out and talked to the customer. Yep. Okay, we're going to wrap up on this segment, and that is a great story. Confirming a couple of the points you were making, too. So what I'd love you to do over break is check out an article I have on my LinkedIn page from Stanford Social Innovation Review about what business execs don't know but should about nonprofits. We're going to touch on these in our next segment and what that has to do with the 10 top things CEOs should know. See you in a second. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Pam Lassiter has written The New Job Security, which details the five best strategies for taking control of your career. It's a Wall Street Journal Award winner. Take control of your career by learning how to use target markets and their challenges to your advantage. The book will dramatically change your resume, your communications, and your financial results. You can find the book on Amazon, including Kindle, or by visiting LassiterConsulting.com. That's LassiterConsulting.com. Lassiter Consulting works privately with senior-level professionals who want a trusted advisor to co-create paths to reach the career outcomes you seek. You can improve your work success in your current company, choose them for outplacement or career change, or explore retirement. Lassiter also works with corporations that are going through change. You may be discreetly transitioning a senior executive out of the company or growing yourself for increased productivity. Put Lassiter Consulting to work for you today. Visit LassiterConsulting.com. Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business. You are listening to CEO Academy with Pam Lassiter. To reach the show, send an email with questions or comments to info at ceoacademywithpam.com. That's info at ceoacademywithpam.com. Now, back to this week's program. Welcome back from our break. We're talking to Rick Burns, 
co-founder, CEO, and now partner emeritus of Charles River Ventures, one of the country's leading venture capital firms. Check them out at crv.com. I told you to check out the article on the link about what uh, business execs don't know about nonprofits, and we're going to get to that in just a second. There are a couple of other things that we'd like to touch on first, and Rick had mentioned earlier something about culture and how culture is really important. Uh, and you were talking about it with Hiring Wisely and that people should all know the mission and what the culture is and be, there's clarity that you, a CEO, should be uh, spreading. Talk to me about culture and where that comes from and what cultures seem to work. Well, typically the culture, cultures come from founders. Um, that may or may not be the CEO. Um, sometimes the culture, in fact, um, Steve Jobs set a culture at Apple mm -hmm. when he first started it, and then he ran it for a while, a while and then was out, but the culture was very definitely there. Is it there. still there? I think a lot of it's still there. Ooh. I think when the thing when companies get as big as that, it's hard to, to maintain a culture. But there's a culture of innovation. There's a culture of design. Mm -hmm. There's a culture of, of um, technical honesty there mm -hmm. that is very, very strong. But, uh, you know, I, we talked earlier about the, 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 the benefits of having everybody in a company understand where it's going and what's going on, what the game plan is. Mm -hmm. The same kind of thinking applies to culture because and cu culture deals with how you deal with customers, how you deal with, with um, design, how you deal with with um, um, your financial relationships, um, how you deal with with um, all of the constituency, customers is a good yeah. example. Yeah. And um, that it's interesting how many shades of cultures there are. And if you think about companies, you can almost everybody, all companies have their own particular niches mm -hmm. and it's it's important to sell it for companies to celebrate what those niches are and if you're really good at service um, I'm just trying to think of a company that is really well I can tell Nordstrom's. you Nordstrom's well okay Nordstrom there's a good example mm -hmm. there's a very good example um, I tell you a company that that is doing a much much better job these days on, on fixing this is, is Comcast. I don't know how many of you have dealt with Comcast, but they used to have a terrible service culture. I mean, it just, they didn't put any emphasis on it, but for the last few years, they put a lot of money into it and it's, it's greatly improved. But that's, I would say that, that that's absolutely a, a cultural decision to be close to your customers and really service it. And I'll bet you, although I don't know this, I'd be very surprised if, if Comcast had purposely underinvested in their customer service prior to that. I'm sure there was a cause and effect <laughs> exactly. when they started hiring on no, more people. That's exactly right. It made a big difference. Do you think mm -hmm. a lot of times companies aren't conscious of culture? It does have to come from the CEO. I yeah. see that time and time again. Yeah. It's not an HR thing. So, I, I, the, Yes, the answer is it does have to come from the CEO. And I think there are a lot of companies where the CEOs um, they abdicate their responsibility by mm -hmm. thinking it just automatically happens. It is what but it in, is. Yeah. It, you know, just let it happen and mm -hmm. see what see how it works out. And I've always maintained that that's just wrong, because if you don't if you don't establish it, everybody's going to have their own culture. 
everybody's going to go off and do their own thing in their own way. Mm -hmm. And you're going to get some people who, who you'd rather not have representing the company. And you all have conflicts. And there'll be conflicts, exactly. Do you think you can change, why am I thinking of Uber? Do you think you can change a culture once one has started or been created? Well, my experience is it's very, very, very difficult to change a culture. You have to change people? Yes, and that's the problem. If there's a a common culture and and the culture is strong, I mean, it just takes everybody, you know, you have to change everybody out. I'm sure that a student of business history would be able to show us companies who's changed their culture, but it's difficult to do. Well, if the culture starts with the CEO, Mm -hmm. that usually Mm -hmm. means that the change Mm -hmm. has to start there, Mm -hmm. too, so that... Mm -hmm. It's interesting, I'm I'm working with a a non-profit organization now, which is in in the arts area, and their whole culture is around creativity, excellence, um, um, but it is not the culture doesn't celebrate running their organization well, mm. <laughs> and that creates some issues. So you're going to do something about well, that. Well, we're working on it. <laughs> <laughs> That's going to be a journey too. Let me jump to that because I did want to mm-hmm. get to nonprofits in this mm-hmm. segment too. And as you may have picked up earlier, Rick has an extensive history. I would bet. Forty percent of your time, fifty percent of your time is spent on nonprofit management. Now, yeah, more, more, more. Okay, yeah. when you were full-time job. Yeah, yeah for the, but you know that's interesting because yeah. I started. I was chairman of several organizations um, in the last fifteen years. Fifteen. Um, so you were full-time driving. Full-time CRV and then chairing chairing nonprofits as well. Yeah. Speak to me. There's a value underneath there. What drove that? Uh, serious programming in life. You were doing a lot of things. Well, I was interested in the organizations that I was involved in. I think they were really providing a very valuable um, um, educational opportunity for people. That was basically what it was. Was there some learning both ways oh, for no both CRV no and no for question. the organizations no you question. were involved in? Yeah. Like the Museum of Science where Rick and I met is yeah. an easy segue between yeah. venture yeah. Uh, portfolio companies yeah. too. So there was um, some sort of synergy. Yes. But you were growing too, weren't you? Well, with yeah, without a question because I think that when you're um, when you're working with a general public through a through a, a museum as, as we were, it's very different from working with customers, mm-hmm. um, commercial customers. Yeah. And when you're providing that kind of an educational service, you just learn a lot more about how everything works. Which may come back around to some of your well, it does. portfolio companies it ab- too. It absolutely does. What else you can I see being contributed by nonprofits is your friendships and your recognition, not only across the city, you know, your peers, it can be a horizontal band that you don't get exposed to that often when you're running a company. That's, that's absolutely true, um, that, that, that the contacts that one makes while leading institutions or while being in, on the board of these institutions mm-hmm. is, is very valuable. It's very valuable. You just know the people. And you know your city or you know, know the your city. country that's or whatever exactly level right. no, that's exactly better right. and differently because of it. That's exactly uh, right. What the article, I was referring people to uh, 
uh, was talking about is that too many CEOs just don't get the difficulty of running a nonprofit and they don't take it seriously, their board memberships or their financial clout or ways they can impact both the nonprofits and their own reputation and help the organization as well. Bob Higgins at uh, Highland mm-hmm. Capital says that he thinks CEOs should work on the nonprofit side to get perspectives of management too. Do you have any thoughts about that? Um, I would agree with Bob that it gives you a different perspective, but I actually don't think that that the the management or the leadership characteristics, I mean, they're the, it's exactly the same problem. In a good hospital or a good arts organization or whatever should be run with the exact same uh, crispness mm-hmm. as a as as a for-profit business. How and I do think, you find that though? And I but I and I think that that's why I encourage um, business leaders to get involved in the nonprofit sector because the, the the in many cases the nonprofits have been started. It's like the the arts organization I was talking about before, where they're so mission dedicated, mm-hmm. they're so mission focused that they they really don't run their organizations the way they could and as a result are missing opportunities. So that's where the business could bring some clarity. Yes. But hopefully business execs yeah. can pick up some of yeah. the advantages yeah. and learnings from the nonprofits too. That's exactly right. Missions are very different too. We have a couple of minutes left in this segment and I'm torn. We've got so many things to talk about. So the importance of nonprofits, we should definitely mm-hmm. uh, hold on to as a point for CEOs. Uh, why don't we head towards history? Talk about culture. We've already always done something this way. And you can see that and not these aren't just nonprofits that are saying this. These are companies that will mm-hmm. say this too. Well, one of the thoughts I have about organizations is that the, when a, a very dangerous point in the evolution of a business or a or a nonprofit, mm-hmm. um, I think almost any kind of organization is when they're really doing well and everybody is telling them, "Gosh, you guys are terrific! You guys are just doing a wonderful job," because that's when complacency sets in. <laughs> that's when people. Uh, begin to lean back in their chairs, and that that sort of an attitude worked 30 years ago when the world wasn't changing as rapidly. But today, any organization, whether it be business or um, nonprofit, we're in we're in a world that's just changing so rapidly. You've got to you got to change every minute, and you can't sit back and think about how good you are. <laughs> that complacency would be easy to be lulled into. So if things are going too smoothly, break yourself or somebody else is going to. That's exactly right. It's kind That's of scary, exactly right. but this could be kind of fun too, yep. a little stimulating. Okay, on that profound point about breaking yourself, we're going to take our last break and we're going to come back and wrap up some of these points with clarity and Christmas so you can go home today and just kind of knock them all off this afternoon, right? (laughs) No, not that easy. So we'll see you in three minutes for the home stretch. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. 
Lassiter Consulting works privately with senior level professionals who want a trusted advisor to co-create paths to reach the career outcomes you seek. You can improve your work success in your current company, choose them for outplacement or career change, or explore retirement. Lassiter also works with corporations that are going through change. You may be discreetly transitioning a senior executive out of the company or growing yourself for increased productivity. Put Lassiter Consulting to work for you today. Visit LassiterConsulting.com. Pam Lassiter has written The New Job Security, which details the five best strategies for taking control of your career. It's a Wall Street Journal award winner. Take control of your career by learning how to use target markets and their challenges to your advantage. The book will dramatically change your resume, your communications, and your financial results. You can find the book on Amazon, including Kindle, or by visiting LassiterConsulting.com. That's LassiterConsulting.com. The Voice America Live Events Channel is here now to showcase your corporate, individual, or organization's live event. Visit voiceamerica.com forward slash live events to see all of our past live events and find out more. Whether it's a multi-day conference, special speaker, or single-day event, we've got everything to make your event a success. We can do a few hours or a few days. For more information about taking your event to the next level, call Jeff Spinard at 480 294 6417 or email info at voiceamerica.com. Again, that's Jeff Spinard at 480-294-6417 or send us an email to info at voiceamerica.com. Voice America is where you are and where you want to be. Join us around the globe as we broadcast live from some of the most interesting events available. Don't forget to view all our live events, including on-demand access to past events that you may have missed by visiting voiceamerica.com forward slash live events. Your favorite Voice America Talk Radio Network shows and hosts are in your car, outdoors, and wherever you need them to be. Listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. You are listening to CEO Academy with Pam Lassiter. To reach the show, send an email with questions or comments to info at ceoacademywithpam.com. That's info at ceoacademywithpam.com. Now, back to this week's program. Welcome back to our last segment after the break. We have Rick Burns of Charles River Ventures uh, with us who's been talking about 10 things CEOs should know. We're starting to summarize, but there are one or two things we want to touch on before we wrap up that we haven't gotten to yet. And Rick, I wanted to ask you, one thing a CEO needs to think about is the future. When am I not around? What's going to happen next? I see that on some boards I'm on now with people that are very unique financial skill sets or some type of skill sets that have no succession plan and no future planned. What do you see happening with Who's on the bus for the future? Well, in any job that we're in, that we all have to define the job as being uh, finite. And part of the key is to have somebody behind you or have a plan for who's going to take it on when, when you get done. Mm-hmm. And um, actually, I think that the that that succession planning and organizational planning is one of the really interesting things that that CEOs get to think about because they're they're absolutely profound 
influencers of success in, in a company. And um, I, I, I look at the, at the, at, at the, the, the capability of a CEO to really understand the motivations of his team and to see who could replace him. So that if, 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 if something were to happen to him or he were, when, when he retires, does the CEO have an, a, a deep enough understanding of his, of, of his managers so that he can, or her, absolutely, um, so that, that, that he can accurately and, and successfully have a, a succession plan that, that, that's executed. Do you see CEOs thinking about this? No. I don't need Not that. a lot. Especially if Not I'm 34, lot. I'm yeah. immortal, this is my company. Yeah. No, that's that's absolutely right. And I think that, that there's, in my opinion, there's too much up and out. And by that I mean we're going to grow this company and then we're going to sell out and I can go to Florida. Yeah. And that, that, that that's a nice plan on paper, but it's very hard to execute. And... Um, so I don't need a succession plan because the acquirer is going to get that all worked out. That's exactly right. Yeah. That's exactly Actually, right. in venture capital, you probably see that fairly frequently. Oh, absolutely. Particularly with these young entrepreneurs. Yeah. And I think over the last few years, there's been a trend in, in, in this has really been going on since about 1990 or so, where the, the, the entrepreneurs, it, it used to be people were pushing technical barriers and building building products that were difficult to build. Now it's they build products to get rich rather than to, That's, to build a company. I've seen that as part of the gig economy. It's called a convenience company. Yeah. I'm building a company yeah. to make myself rich and then I'm out of here. That's exactly right. And that's where the succession planning will make it a longer, bigger, broader company. Could it could absolutely do that. Okay, we have so much on the table. It's going to take us a while just to <laughs> summarize what we've done already. So why don't we plunge into that for the time being? If you remember, way back at the beginning of the hour, Rick talked. What were you talking about first? Customers. Yes, <laughs> getting out and talking to the customers. And then your second point was. Well, to have a clear game plan and to have objectives at each stage of the business that everybody under in the company understands, so that um, that everybody's on the same same page. Okay, so that uh, requires some clarity and some planning uh, and some wrapping. Uh, up at each stage, moving on to the next one, too. Uh, we had a third of your 10 about communicating the game plan clearly. Well, and th that again is a problem because because so many management teams tend to hold the, the plan to a very limited group of people, whereas if you share it with a lot of people, you're going you're gonna to be surprised at how many uh, employees will be able to help you understand it and how understand how to modify it as you go forward. But okay. everybody ought to understand what your plan is. And repetition is exactly. key to that. Exactly. Too. Okay, what else did we have? Well, we talked about the importance of hiring the right team and getting the right people in the right place. That's, you know, really understanding your employees where they are best fit in the company. What can they really do best? Getting the right ones on the bus. Exactly. <laughs> we say simplistically, but the exactly. metaphor works too. Once you get all these people, what should you do with them? Well, the most important thing there is delegation. You've got to trust your employees. You have to give them the 
the the freedom to feel that they can take a risk and and um, and execute the way they want to do it and learn and the and process too. That's exactly right. Now I'm going to go kind of buzz through these because we're getting a little bit short. We talked about the interaction between the for profits and the not for profits and how that can be a win win if you are out. Getting to know your peers, but also getting to learn the strategies and the learnings from nonprofit, and conversely, bringing them your expertise as well. Fair? Absolutely. Okay, no. and then we've always done it this way. It does not work. <laughs> well, that's right. In, a, in, a, in the world, it's changing as rapidly as, as ours is. We get, need to have new ways of doing things all the time. Okay. Yeah, that never is over, which I choose to see as a challenge and how we can continue to reinvent ourselves too. And then the last points were about the succession planning and how even though you may think this is a short term, I'm going to sell it and retire to Florida, it's not. You're building a legacy and you want that legacy to continue the work you've done so far. That's part of succession planning. It's part of, I'm going to throw in at the end, the emotional intelligence that is not only important for yourself that differentiates you from other leaders, but can differenti differentiate your company and your culture. So being aware of what it is and growing it over time. Rick, thank you. That was a lot of material to cover <laughs> and 10 points. We could have kept going for a while too, I have a feeling. Uh, the 10 points, the clarity, you can go to the website or you can go to the LinkedIn page for Lassiter Consulting or Twitter and get some repetition of what those are if you'd like to go over them again. What I want to do quickly is to first of all thank Rick Burns, Charles River Ventures, CRV.com for your expertise. It takes years to get what you're just carrying around <laughs> up here all the time. So wear your helmet to protect all this too. This is important learning for all of us. And thank you for joining us. You can check out LassiterConsulting.com, email me at info at coacademywithpam.com, or follow me on Facebook at Lassiter Consulting, or Twitter or LinkedIn. I'm your host, Pam Lassiter, and you have just joined us and listened to the CEO Academy with Rick Burns on 10 Things CEOs Should Know. Join us next week to talk about why should anyone be led by me. There is a tantalizing topic right there. We'll figure out why next week. See you then on the CEO Academy. Thanks again for listening. Be sure to join us for another edition of CEO Academy with Pam Lassiter next Wednesday at 6 a.m. Pacific Time and 9 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. We'll see you here next week for more tips from the professionals as you grow your career and your company to the top. again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the voice america business channel for more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest please visit voiceamericabusiness.com 
The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. 